This week's episode of Peak Too Early is brought to you by Bell Lap Track and Field Gear. You heard it. Our original sponsor is back with us, riding on the podcast. Bell Lap is 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 been with us since early on. They've been helping us grow this podcast because they like what we're doing and we love what they're doing. They're helping athletes make a little bit of money through selling that gear and getting some of the premium running apparel and equipment to fans of the sport. So if you're not already following Bell Lap on Instagram, go check them out. You won't regret it. Keep on this is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world. Peak too early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Oh, Steve, I couldn't be better. Had a great weekend of training for the 4x4x48. Had a little biathlon for myself. Did, uh, did a little ski trip and golf trip all in the same weekend. That's right, you heard me skied and golfed in the same weekend. Not a bad weekend of training for me, so feeling pretty good. And as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? Sounds like I'm not doing quite as well as Mikey Tin. I kind of have my my tail beneath my between my legs right now. A uh, friend of the program or, or big uh, big listener, Caitlin, let me know that she got 40 steps with her eyes closed. That she helped oh, no. me by two steps, and so now. I got to figure out the right time and place to go after my record. I know that Mrs. Space Cadet is aiming for it. Caitlin now has the crown from what I can hear. Again, I am not encouraging people to run with their eyes closed, but I do need to make sure that I get that record. And I don't know what I'm going to have to do to like really cement it, but it's going to be dangerous. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think next time you got to go after it, you're going to have to beat it by like 40 steps just to kind of solidify it a little bit. I don't, I don't know where I'm going to run to to get 80. Uh, maybe maybe like the ocean or something, or I got a big beach and I just, just run yeah, to the yeah. water and I can use that as my barrier. We'll see. <laughs> well, I'm doing fantastic, boys. I had probably one of the best weekends of training I've had in years. I was doing workouts. I was doing long runs. I was doing great. And, you know, I I, I, I did a, a hard workout on, on Saturday and I met up with my, my, my father. We were chatting and I hear from my dad that Mike and Trent, they're away skiing on Saturday. So they're off on their skiing vacation and I'm out here grinding, getting ready for the four by four by 48. I mean, it, this is just, this is just, you guys are just going to let me steal this thing. I'm, I'm feeling amazing right now. Listen, I, I joke at the, the, the top here, but if you think that we were at some like, you know, high class ski resort, you know, live in the dream. Actually, we were at a high class ski resort. I take that back. A top notch in beautiful motel. It's got a hot tub. It's a great place. But I don't think uh, I think you're underestimating the amount of strength work that got put in this weekend as we were climbing up the side of a mountain. I think the issue was I didn't run enough like going into it. Like this workout, this is like yeah, running, yeah. you know, a race 
uh, without any training, basically. It might have set me back the next couple of days. That might have been too much work, too much training that went on. If anything, we overtrained. Uh, that I was, I was so toasted after this weekend. I had to take a couple, couple unanticipated days off on the calendar, but didn't have my Strava on. But I think I can log the, the hike in that one in this weekend. So we, I think we we're can okay, for, Mike. We can for sure hike it. I mean, it was the, guarantee you we were we were breathing heavier we were sweating harder than any any workout you were doing this weekend steve yeah I, so for, for the people for the go people ahead. that don't know what you did you go ahead you, so you skied it, it doesn't replace running but you, you skied tuckerman's ravine so explain what tuckerman's ravine is to the people from around the country that might not know what it is try i feel like you'll you'll do a better job at describing this I mean, it's it's the the go to backcountry spot in the entire you know northeast. Really, anything like east of the Rockies, this is where you want to ski. But it involves a lot of hiking, right? There's no, this is not a trail. It's not a ski resort. You uh, you put your skis on your back, or you put your snowboard on your back. In my case, you hike into it, and then you hike straight up, uh, seemingly a, a bowl, and, and then you slide back every step that you take because it's too much snow, even on May first, <laughs> which is unreal. Uh, slug on up there you you put your snowboard on you roll down the hill for about half of it and then you finally <laughs> link a turn together and then you go back up and you do it again so it's uh it's more of just like a winter hike with a little bit of skiing a little bit of tumbling um but a hell of a workout it was a hell of a workout so while you guys were while you guys were off on your ski vacation, I like I said, I was getting ready for the four by four by forty eight. And so let's let's tell the listeners a little bit. Let's kind of firm up the details because we've kind of hinted at what what's going on. We dropped the video last week or on Friday, which, by the way, absolute masterpiece. Maybe my finest but, video yet. If you had, if you haven't seen it, it's it's got the it's got the masters uh, song. It's a, uh, you know, it's, it's got some slow motion shots of us in action. It's, it's incredible. You got to go, you got to go check it out. So for, for just kind of firm up some of the details. So we are going to be doing this challenge. And like we said in the past, we're doing the David Goggins four by four by 48, which means four miles every four hours for 48 hours. And I think there's some flexibility there with the David Goggins challenge of like when you can do the four miles and you can kind of like, you, as long as like it's within the four hour block, you can do it. So you can kind of string together two runs and then get your eight hours of sleep or get your seven hours of sleep, whatever we're doing it where you have to do the four miles on the four hours, or we're going to create some type of penalty. We haven't, we haven't created those details yet and we're going to race it. So we're going to be combining all of our times from all of these individual four mile races, the fastest overall time wins. We're going to be doing it at the beginning of Memorial Day weekend. So we're going to be starting at midnight on Thursday, the 27th, and we're going to be going through Saturday, the 29th. And we are going to set up, and we, we got a house. We're doing it together. We're doing it up in Burlington, Vermont. So if anybody's in the Burlington, Vermont area, come out and join us for a run. Hit us up on Instagram or, or Twitter, whatever. Come out and join us. It will, it will be a blast. Um, but we're going to be setting up essentially like a real-world situation in the in the house up in vermont where we're going to have confessionals we're going to have cameras we're going to be documenting every single step of this every single second of the drama that's going to be going on in this house i've been i've been studying real world tapes i've been studying 
the challenge, right? MTV, the challenge, big brother, just to understand some of the mind games that can go into it when you're all kind of stuck in the house. Um, you know, a lot of relationship drama going on, right? I don't know if we're going to have to like work a side job while we all live in the house together or whatever. I guess the side job is just like creating content and posting it. But there's a lot of mind games that you can pick up on by just crushing MTV2 for about 12 hours a day. Yeah, where are you guys at on uh, strategy, mental strategy, you know, running strategy? You feel like you, you got it figured out yet? Are you still workshopping? How are you feeling about it? I feel like in the beginning, I was thinking this is really coming down to like 80, 90, I would say 85, 15 running to mental strategy because I just had it in my head, you know, like whoever can get themselves out of the, the no shape that we were all in into decent enough shape to run it, it's going to do fine. I'm beginning to think that I have uh, a couple of competitors with me that are all going to be in good enough shape to, to get through this and run decent times. So now I feel like it's almost like a 50-50, 60-40 split even where it's mental over physical. So I need to like kind of shift my focus from just getting myself in the shape and start really taking the, you know, the game tape I have and, and coming up with some real strategies. So that's the way, my way of saying where I'm at without giving you guys obviously any, any insight into what I'm thinking. It's going to be mental warfare. Like it is, it's, it, it is, it is going to be a mental game. That being said, this is quite the physical challenge and throwing in the throwing in having to run it on the four hours and racing. I think there, there's going to be a lot of strategy. There's going to be a lot of race tactics involved, but I think once you get to the 24 hour, hour mark, like injury is going to be a real risk for all of us. And so managing that is going to be a major part of the strategy. Correct. Yeah. I think, I think we all, you know, this goes with how probably we all race too. I think we're all going into the weekend with some kind of strategy. I don't know how long that strategy will last until it just gets thrown out the window and it just becomes a bloodbath. It could happen in like leg three. And that's, I think that's pretty likely that that happens, but you have to have some kind of strategy of where you're going with this. And I, I'm sure we will. So the way, like the way it's going to work out, and I'm actually pretty excited for it. And I don't think it's like, I don't think there's going to be any agreed upon like race days. I think it's going to be like when you're in it, you're going to, you're, you know, you're in like a race, you know, you're in a battle on that day in that four mile run. But then there's going to be days where it's like, you know, or runs where it's going to be like, we, we head out and it's going to be like the tour de France. And you know how there's those stages where everybody kind of agrees like, Hey, today's a pack day. We're just kind of like chilling. We're relaxing. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting. And the, the variations between like, there's, there's going to be those relaxed runs and it's just going to fall in that way. And we're going to be having a good relaxed time on the run. And then there's going to be just an all out sprint and other runs. And it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. Like I can't wait. The, uh, the four miles is, is such a good distance for trying to figure out the mind games because it's like, it's long enough where you can really make a big difference, right? If somebody goes out there and is just crushing it and the other two are hurting and, and are just jogging it, like you can have a considerable gap there. But at the same time, it's like it's short enough where nobody can win it in one race or one, even like three legs in it, the game is, is far from over. So you can create those in like seemingly large leads out there with just a few legs, but you really can't close anything until the very least day two, right? Cause it's just not enough time. So it's like the perfect distance that really has me 
to be perfectly honest, I had not set it on a strategy. I'm still kind of figuring out my physical, you know, where am I going to go hard? Where am I not going to go hard? Because you could go so many directions with it. It's like the, it's just a great distance. Oh, I am so far ahead of you guys in so yeah. many aspects. I'm ahead in fitness. I'm ahead in strategy. I've already been through like 10 different strategies. And I'm like, I'm trying to figure out which the best one is. Like it, it this thing is going to be over before it even starts. If you say so. You said you said you you're between ten strategies. That doesn't sound like you have a, a strategy. No, I, I've already it mapped out. Like you figured I've already out mapped all. out. I've already mapped out ten different strategies, and I've chosen the strategy I'm going with. If you if you had to have like a quarterback competition between eleven quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback, right? <laughs> Steve had to go to like a strategy competition. He had eleven strategies. He had his whole whiteboard out, breaking down the pros and cons of each one. That means he doesn't feel good about a strategy. You can't feel good about a strategy if there was ten competitors there. And to what I was just saying, by leg three, you might as well throw the strategy out the window. It, it, it's it's yeah, it all depends on what the competitors bring, what the environment you're in, what's going down what you expect to happen, what actually happens. I mean, get, get out of here. You know what? You know what that sounds like, Mike? That sounds like somebody that's, that sounds like somebody that is, uh, is, is putting themselves in a position to fall for a fake retirement and finish third in a competition. That's what you sound like right now. Fall for a fake retirement. I don't know if you want to go down that path because it was not a fake retirement. As as you said, I mean, unless you were lying about that, unless you know that well, that's not good. That, that wasn't true. Are you, <laughs> are you countering what you said? Are you are you all of a sudden bringing back what you said? Are you you coming back on that a little bit? Going back on what? On what you said before? I, I what, from what I've heard in the past is that that was you were actually hurting and needed to drop out of the competition. The plan, okay, if we're going back to this, the plan was to the plan was to do this and and beat you. The plan was never to win it. Okay, but going into that night, I knew I had a shot to catch Trent and I went after it and I got the win. The plan was to always not finish last. That was the plan. That's 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 and you can go back and listen to the tape. You can go back and listen to the podcast. That was the plan. And I've stuck to that every step of the way. I love how much of like an open wound this is to a lot of people. It gets brought up on an Instagram post or something, and we have people just chirping in. And I, and I appreciate all the Team Trenters out there that are standing up for me in those comments. But I more just appreciate like how how sort of subject is a year later. I mean, more than a year later now. So, well, my my issue with it is when when Steve throws it out like it's some kind of badge of honor. I I get what you do. What you had to do to 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 try and win, but to to rub it in in people's faces if like you you had some like mastermind move. It was a mastermind move. Go back and listen to it. And I'm I and and, and that's spoken like a guy that thinks that there's gonna be no strategy after the third leg of this race. There's I gonna said, be there's gonna no, be I said there, be I said there will be strategy. strategy. There, no, you there said the strategies are gonna be thrown out after the third leg. And I said it's yeah, like, spoken like a guy that's gonna get duped by a fake retirement. It's like going out in an AK, having this whole mental plan of the splits you're going to hit and where you need to be. And in the first mile, everything gets shooken up. You have to go too hard to stick with the pack. And all of a sudden you're throwing out the strategy and you're just racing. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that you can have all the strategy in the world you want. You can have all 10 posted up on your bulletin board, but at the end of the day, all that matters, we're going out there and racing your strategy better be to get out there and race. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So, 
I think the biggest factor that nobody's talking that we haven't talked about yet that uh, I think we're, we're, we're really not accounting for too much. It's going to be the extreme lack of sleep. Like that's, that's when shit's going to get wacky. Like we're going to be delirious, not necessarily on the running part, but on the lack of sleep. And Mike, to your credit, I think that that's something that you will, you will do okay with. I think that, you know, you kind of got the, you kind of got, you kind of got the, you know, you, you've been through boot camp, right? You got the, you can operate on lack of sleep. And I, to, if I'm being honest, I'm going to struggle with that. Like that's going to be tough. But uh, I think the, the person that is able to manage their recovery and, uh, and what sleep they can when they can is the person that's probably going to do the best. I can uh, I can operate on Red Bull for forty eight hours better than better than your average person. I can tell you that much. So three hours between each run, right? A little more. Great, won't take you the full. But by the time you get done with it, and then you got to incorporate time to get ready for the next one. So maybe three hours, twenty minutes between each one. Like, at what point does it go from we're jacked up, we're having fun, you know, strategy on on a full full display of all the strategy and plan we went into it to just like this is miserable like the lack of sleep gets you the fact that again you're running every you get a three and a half hour break and then you're running again because it feels like that's gonna happen pretty quick you know i think maybe maybe like two or three runs in there we're gonna have fun with it but by by leg four or something we're, we're gonna be falling apart i think well, you talk about like the mental warfare and all the stuff happening inside. The, I think like the early stages and the daytime stages, there'll be a lot of like shit talk and mental warfare. I think the nighttime shifts are going to be very business oriented. I don't think there's going to be a lot of talking to each other. I think it's going to be people getting in from their runs, immediately go into their routine, trying to get some food in, trying to get some sleep, trying to roll out and stretch. I think those late night tired legs are going to be it's going to be a pretty quiet house. I guess that's what I'm saying. Do we want to build in one, one like six hour sleep block? Absolutely not. Hell no. <laughs> All right. Just throw no. it out we, there. we, 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 we gotta, you know, what do they say? You gotta make the bed you sleep in. We've already made that bed. We've All already right. decided think... what the challenge is. We gotta go for it. Okay. Well, uh, we talked, so we we're, we're starting at midnight on Thursday. Do we want to adjust because because we could we could potentially we could potentially set it up where we only have one sleepless night right now the way it goes off at Thursday we have two sleepless nights. Steve's already trying to get rid of the one yeah, that he all was admitted he to. He's going to gonna struggle with this. Is, seems, this is kind of crazy. A little shook, if you ask me. I don't know. I just throwing it out there. Just we can discuss. We can discuss. All right. All right. Anyways, so that's coming up. And what we're going to do is, if you want to join us, we're going to. Um, you know, no, free of charge. If you just want to join us, we're going to throw a sign up on the website. So if you go to peaktoorly.com, there's going to be a link there. We'll try to get it up by the end of the week, just so you can sign up and so we know like who's doing it. We'll probably like put together like a tracking spreadsheet. And the way it's going to work is you don't need to do it on the exact days as us. Um, we'll probably give you like a week long time frame to do it. And so it's not just on that, on that Thursday into Saturday, we'll give you some flexibility as to when you can do it. Um, so that's coming up, but keep a lookout for that. we got a ton of content coming. This is going to be a lot of fun. 
it was a lot of fun last year following along. So, so be sure if you're not following us on social media channels, do it primarily on Instagram. We're probably going to have the most content on Instagram. So um, go follow us there. All right, let's kick off the running news. All right. So we got a couple fun stories this week to talk about. The first one is one I'm excited about. I think this is kind of right in our breadbasket, right in our wheelhouse. DK Metcalf, wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks, is going to be hopping in to 100-meter sprint this weekend in Seattle at a real meet. I am very excited for this. I think it's a great talking point. At the very, at the very least, it gives people like us something to argue about, something to talk about. It's fun. I'm excited about it. What about you guys? I mean, how can you not be excited about it? It's DK Metcalf hopping in 100 meter. I mean, it's going to get eyes on it, right? I think it's called the Golden Games and Distance Open. I looked at it. should be on NBC Sports Network, so it should be accessible to people that actually can tune in and watch this thing. And you better believe I'm going in to watch DK. And normally, I like seeing these these kind of things happen. And then I'm just rooting for that guy to get his ass kicked, right, by the runners. But I got to be honest, I'm a big DK Metcalf fan. <laughs> I, I, like, I love his personality. I love what he brings, like, to the NFL and to the Seahawks. So I know this may sound, like, sacrilegious, but I'm kind of rooting for him to do well. Like, he's a likable guy. We're getting him out there. And he's going to be bringing eyes to the sport. So, uh Everybody should be excited to, to, to see DK face off. I don't know who else has run the Golden Games. I don't know if you guys like looked at who else will be in the starting, but it doesn't matter. It's going to be cool to see him actually go after and, and see how fast he can go. And so the, the big talk right now, is this good for the sport? Is it good for the sport for a big-name athlete to come in and be, king, be competing in this uh, you know, high-profile event, uh, taking a shot at qualifying for the Olympic trials and who knows, maybe even taking a shot at qualifying for the Olympics. And I think all the track hardos right now are like, it's not good for the sport, blah, 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 blah. This could not, there could not be a better scenario for the sport. Um, You're taking one of the highest profile athletes in one of the highest profile sports, if not the highest profile sport in the country, and you're bringing them to your event. So you're bringing eyeballs, to, to your event. And it's a win-win for the sport because if he does well and he, let's say, qualifies for the Olympic trials, you have this amazing story of this high-profile, likable athlete going on to, like, compete in your sport, similar to, like, you know, it's like a, like a Deion Sanders, plays football, plays baseball, excels at both, right? And so you have this really cool story. And if he doesn't do well, if he doesn't qualify, then all, all of you track hardos get to say, see, you can't come to my sport and participate in my sport. My sport's a lot harder than you thought. So it is a win-win scenario all the way around. Yeah, I don't know what people are so afraid of when it comes to like him competing and competing well. Because the way I see it is if he comes and wins or competes well, then that highlight is going to be on ESPN. It's going to be shared all over Twitter. It's going to be on Barstool. It's going to be all over the place, this highlight of DK Metcalf winning a race, which, again, brings attention to the sport of track and field, which is a good thing. And I think people are like, oh, yeah, but we don't want – it would be a bad look for track if a football player came in and won a track race. That's BS because – we're not talking about some like 
average Joe football player. We're talking about like a absolute freak athlete. And this isn't something that's like specific to track, right? Most of these like absolutely dominant professional athletes, they could play more than one sport, right? Even a guy like Tom Brady was drafted in baseball. A lot of these football players could play basketball and vice versa. So it's like, it's not an insult to say that DK Metcalf would come and run track because these guys are just the best athletes in the country. They could do a multitude of sports. So I don't know what everyone's afraid about, about him coming in and competing and doing well and bringing those eyeballs. I think, like you said, it's a win-win. And I, I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't want this. Like, what is the downside of him running this race? It's going to be awesome. It's phenomenal that this guy was a top NFL wide receiver. Like, is that interested in track and field and the Olympics that he wants to do? It's, it's a compliment to our sport that he wants to participate. It also has me thinking about these boxing matches that are happening seemingly every other weekend. Now you got Floyd Mayweather going up against one of the Paul brothers coming up one of those youtube star guys yeah and no one can argue that that hasn't been good for it. it's brought in so many eyeballs those guys are making so much money off and it money that's the thing so much money so so that, that's the other thing fans is like, are in so say you start getting these high profile athletes that demand more money guess what a rising tide lifts all ships it's only a good thing um and i was so i, I was actually i was uh i was texting back and forth with the uh our friend owner of the harrier uh, Pat Larson. Um, and he was just talking about how he was kind of debating with some people about this very topic. And I figured let's call him in. Let's call, let's give Pat a call. And I just, I, cause I think he's on our side, but I want to hear what people's argument against this being, you know, essentially bad for the sport. Hey, Pat, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Yo, Pat, what's up, man? How's it going? good how are you guys doing well doing well so hey we had to call you in real quick because we're we're talking about the dk metcalf situation and me mike and trent we're all and i think people would have predicted this but we're all on the side of the fact that like we're excited to see this right this is good for the sport and we were dming back and forth last night i just want to hear from you like and I think that you were on our side as well. But what's what, like, what is even the argument from the haters? Like, what's the argument that this is bad for the sport? Yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to, you know, rub people the wrong way here. But I think, I think the argument, I think it's fair to a certain degree is, you know, don't want this to become too gimmicky where it takes away from athletes who are, you know, doing this for their actual profession. Because uh, I think in all, re I think everyone kind of knows he's, he's not going to make the Olympic team, you know, if he does, that's incredible. And honestly, if he, I, I would be rooting for him if he does. Like, that's awesome. And that team brings so many eyeballs that I think everyone knows it's kind of a one-off thing. Um, and so I get, like, that argument where if you're someone trying to qualify for the trials and now all of a sudden DK Metcalf is coming in and no one's even talking about you because you got the Seahawks wide receiver coming in and taking all the headlines. But I don't know. I think that that only holds up to a certain degree. Like, I, I think about – all the like viewers who are going to come in who are, you know, I'm seeing all these like mainstream outlets um, covering this, like ESPN was talking about it yesterday. Like how many like new eyeballs are going to be on the sport and we're going to find out about the Olympic trials coming up in like a month and a half. And, you know, they might not put it on their calendar, but when they're scrolling through the TV in a month and a half and all of a sudden they see the Olympic trials on, they're like, wait, I was watching this 
month and a half ago, like, you know, I might want to tune in and stick around or, or they come back later and they're used to it. Like this is their first exposure. And honestly, the very worst I think is like, you know, if he runs a like 10, six, it's confirmed that NFL players aren't as fast as like Olympic level sprinters. And, you know, we move on that was proven. And, you know, maybe there's nothing else of it. There's no new viewers, but I don't know. We tried something. I think, I, I think what bothers me is that, you know, I don't want like track and field to be like stops from growing just because we're not willing to try some like new and, you know, quote unquote gimmicky things. Like, I don't know. We're not going to get anywhere if we have this idea that there's only a right way to grow the sport or to push the sport forward. Cause I don't think anyone knows that right way. So let's, you know, fucking try some crazy stuff like this. I think it's awesome. It's such a classic example of like, <laughs> fans of the sport getting in the way of like like it's such a running running nerdy thing to to do and say because let, let's be honest here the actual athletes when you're saying like oh we don't want to take away from the athletes and we don't want people to not be talking about them because they're busy talking about dk it's like i don't think any of those athletes feel that way i mean i don't think that they feel like that many, like the whole sports world was talking about them and it's going to get in the way of that. If anything, I think a lot of them will think it's cool. And then if they beat DK, when they do beat DK, it's like the whole more eyes are on them doing it. So it gets their name out there and people do talk about them now more. Cause they're like, Oh wow. Who's that guy who just yeah. burnt DK Metcalf and stuff like that. So I highly right. doubt that the athletes actually think that this is a bad thing it's more of the the fans of the sport like creating this controversy and create i don't know it, it, we're getting in our own way here it's crazy no i no i completely agree and i you know to be honest i didn't even know about the golden games this weekend i probably should have but that just shows like i'm fairly in tune to the sport i think and i you know i but there's a lot of track going on so i honestly didn't know that this was coming up this weekend until i heard about the dk metcalf story so <laughs> Yeah, and then just just now I was looking through the start list and I'm like, man, who is he actually going up against? And I'm looking up the guys with like times and stuff, and there's names on there I've never heard of. Who I'm I'm looking up their you know IAAF like athlete profile to see like, okay, does he like where does he actually fit in here? Like, you know, I'm I'm someone who's like pretty in tune with sport. Now I'm even like in, get even more engaged. Um, so I I don't know. I think it's I think it's good, and I think it'd be different if you know, you got a 5,000 meter race and you're throwing in some like, you know, random person, like a celebrity just to show like how fast these people really are. Like this really isn't that gimmicky. Like he could run 10, four and that's like pretty good. Like he's not going to get blown out of the water. I don't think, you know, maybe he will, but I don't think it's so gimmicky where it's just going to be like, Oh man, he's like two seconds behind. Like he, I think he could compete honestly. Well, is there a little bit of fear there? Because because when you say throw a random celebrity in a 5,000 meters, I think unanimously across the board, every single athlete, every single fan would be like, yeah, that let's do that. That sounds awesome. But deep down, <laughs> deep down, there's a little bit of like, what if DK is really friggin' good? What if, what if yeah. he comes in I, here and he's able to compete? There's a, and, and there's like, there's a hint of that, right? There's like a hint of like, maybe, just maybe that could happen. I mean, I think we should be hoping for that. Don't Me you guys? Too. Like, I think that if, yeah, if he comes in, he like runs, you know, I don't, I don't know. What's the Olympic trials mark to qualify? It was like 10-1. Uh, yeah, the, I think it's, I think it's Olympic like standard is 10, 10.05, something like that. Yeah. Okay. 
yeah, so, you know, it's quick. Like, I don't know how, how deep they have to go off of the standard some years or anything, but uh, I don't know. I think we should be hoping for that. Like how, how awesome would that be if he's, you know, running in the prelims at the trials or better yet making it through a round of the trials. Um, I think that's probably the less likely outcome, but you know, don't you guys think so, so as well? Like we should almost be, you know, I don't think at the expense of the current athletes, I think we should be hoping they're all running well, but you know, if he happens to run 10-1, like, man, like, that's awesome. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, hey, Pat, thank you so much for, for calling. And if you are not already following the Harrier on Instagram, you need to go do that right now. They got the best light. They got the best lifestyle gear for runners in the game. So you got to go check it out. Now they got a new blog going. They're writing all this these cool articles. They're covering the sport in a new, fun, different way. So, uh, Pat, thanks for calling in, man. Hey, appreciate it, guys. Keep up the good work. All right, take care. Thanks, man. Bye. Nice. All right, you want to move on to the next story here? All right, yeah. So let's get on to – I want to talk about the Ethiopian Olympic marathon trials here. So there's a bigger storyline here. We're going to talk about the Bekele stuff. we got to get into that. But before we do, Steve, you posted that video on the IG of what this race looked like. And you had, like, a dozen guys in their gear on this – dirt road in the middle of nowhere there's just like cows walking around everywhere no like official starting line. i mean it looked like you were at like a drake high school cross-country dual meet or something like this this was not an olympic less trial formal for, than that. Less yeah formal. for for some of like the greatest athletes on planet earth are just show i mean it was a wild scene what do we think of what was going down at this olympic trial i loved this so much because like you said mike you had their like they they like drew a line and like pretty much in the sand for like the starting line and like in order to get this going they're like herding the cattle out of the way like they're moving like trucks around the athletes to to you know so they have room to to run and it's just like no frills it's like we got some of the best athletes in the world that are gonna duke it out to see who goes to the olympics and it was just like, I, I, I posted, you know, I, I posted on TikTok, I posted a video of the start of the U.S. Uh, Olympic marathon trials next to the start of the Ethiopian Olympic trials. And like, it is just, it's just, it's such, the, the difference is so crazy. Um, and it just, you know, obviously the way they do it in Ethiopia is very different. I'm pretty sure like the committee decides who's going to compete, compete in the trials and stuff like that. So they they're automatically narrowing the crowd down. But, you know, one country has had significantly more success than the other in this event. So it's like maybe this kind of stripped down, you know, no frills way is, is it, it should be the way to go. Who knows? I watched that video a dozen times. It was electric. And, it just, and each time you see something new. It's yeah, great. there's the truck that like is going by that they're about to start it looks like. And then this like truck gets out of the way. So they're like, oh, hold up. There's like the there's the herd of cattle. There's a few dogs that are running through. Um, it, it's so good. Everybody go to, to the Instagram page and check it out. It had me thinking though, if that's the start, how like unorganized some of the turns out there, right? Like you could totally see someone just like missing the turn, right? Or, or like we talked about Rosie Ruiz on this podcast a few weeks back, talking about a race where you could like 
cut something off and no one knows because there's literally nothing out there. So I love that. And I don't remember, I, I should really look this up. I'll, I'll look it up as I'm talking right now. Somebody commented on the post. I love that there's just nine guys that showed up to it. We don't have the massive group. It looks like oh, our friend uh, Patrick Donovan was the one who made that point. Like they just brought in only the elite of the elite, put them on the starting line and let them kind of duke it out between themselves rather than having like the whole, you know, show around it. Uh, so good. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's one of those weird things too, because I'm not saying that I want this to like, become what our sport is because we talk so much about growing the sport making it more accessible getting more fanfare around it so it's not like i want the whole sport to 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 be this and i think it makes it more special when like it lives in this this small kind of like corner of the sport where some of the best athletes in the entire sport in the entire world this is how they do it and that makes it way cooler right it's like having that aspect of it is awesome. So I hope it never changes. I hope it always is that way. I'm not saying I want the whole sport to become that, but the Ethiopian Olympic trials and the way that they do it just needs to never change. Yeah, it's not um, it's not exciting because it's like this is what we want the sport to be. Always exciting right. before the point of like <laughs> the things that we talk about about racing is getting on a line and just racing, right? It's not okay. about anything extra. It's not about whatever you the the perfect plan i doubt they even had like you know coaches out there giving them their mile splits and everything like you'd have at ours and you know exactly where they are it's no frills and that part of it was just like cool to relive but yeah of course it's a good point mike it's not like we want to go there it just reminds us of why we love running yeah and, and Trey, you you kind of you kind of nailed like why i love that video so much and and don't get me wrong the the olympic marathon trials in the u.s is kind of like one of the coolest things going in the sport because it, it, the people that are qualifying are exceptional athletes and they have to work extremely hard, but it's kind of like, it's an opportunity for like the common man or common woman in, in the United States to like dedicate their lives to this and get like a major reward by qualifying for the trials and getting to go competing this race where if they were to, you know, a, an athlete of that caliber in Ethiopia would never have the opportunity to do it because they're just boiling it down. So the U S Olympic trials is, is, is one of the coolest things in the sport, but I love the fact where it's just like, yep, take some spray paint. Here's the starting line, go run 26 miles. The first one to get there is, is, is the, is, is, you know, better on this day. I love that. So yeah. And I'm sure that there's a ton of politics that go into who those nine to 10 athletes are that get to go on the starting line. I know that there's, there's, you know, it's, it's very political in places like Kenya. I'm sure it's the same in, in Ethiopia, but the visual of it is just so damn cool. So Steve, to that point of the nine or 10 men on that starting line on that day, Kenisa Bekele was not one of them. So very interesting storyline here were, arguably one of the most decorated distance runners of all time, you know, arguably the most decorated. Yeah. You know, one of the one or two best marathoners in history. I mean, just the guy who needs to be at the Olympics did not run in the Ethiopian Olympic trials. And it was an individual decision. He decided he was going to protest and not show up to this event because in his words, basically he, he didn't care for the fact that they were doing this so close to the Olympics. 
it was about 14 weeks out from the Olympics, and he didn't think that was fair. He didn't think that that she'd be doing that. I'm sure he probably expressed this leading up to it and decided that he was just going to no-show it. I'm sure he did this kind of knowing that they – it would be hard for them to leave him out whether he raced it or not. So kind of a cocky move on Bekele's part. So now there's this kind of like conflicting reporting and infighting between the Olympic committee there and the Ethiopian team. And because he had these guys show up and race to, to qualify for the Olympic team. And Bekele is basically saying like, I'm not doing it, but I expect to go anyways. So we've seen reports that he will not be able to make the team. There's been reports recently now saying that the Ethiopian Olympic Committee is going to put him on anyways. It's still pretty unclear, but it's a very, very interesting situation. I have a million takes on it. What do you guys think? I got a couple things. So the, the first is I kind of agree with him, like, you you sh- like like to in order to like win this race win a spot in the Ethiopian Olympic team it's it's got like it's got to be an all out brawl on those streets like those guys those guys got to be like killing each other to try and make that team and it is it is very close to the Olympic games to be doing that to be doing two marathon two hard marathons like that back to back and whoever's whoever's winning that race the the trials it is hopefully going to be a contender for for a gold medal so i kind of agree with him that is very close so that's my first take the second take is like hey if bekele is in your country and you don't have a traditional uh, olympic trials um and he's healthy enough to still contend for a medal bekele is going to the olympics right like that's just and, and you know what? Sorry to whoever finished third in that race, in that trials race. He's probably going instead of that person. Like that's just like that's gonna that's gonna be the way it works. Like he has he has those muscles to flex and like that that kind of authority in the running world, especially in Ethiopia, where he's probably going over whoever finished third on that day. Like no, almost no questions asked. I think you can take the probably out, Steve. I think there's a hundred percent chance that he goes. I don't see how you leave him off. If you have anything in your bylaws, and it sounds like there is the ability for their committee to to make final decision on who goes, uh, Bekele goes. Sometimes life isn't fair, and if you have like this superstar in Bekele who sat out for seemingly, um, I don't know. I don't. I don't like that he sat out. Cause I read other things too. His agent said he didn't want to run. It was, it was cold. It was at altitude. It was only a 35 kilometer race, which was really interesting. It wasn't a full uh, marathon for some reason. They chose to do it that way. So it was weird. Uh, and I think Bekele could have just stood up and spoke out against the committee and still run it. And I would like to see him for all the reasons why we love that video. We love just stepping on the line racing, what the conditions are. Uh, but regardless, I think Bekele did have some decent points in there. Um, so the guy's going in it. You just can't leave him out. You have to send him. And so, and I have one more point there. It's that last time we were supposed to see Bekele was supposed to be in London. Right. And he, he dropped out cause he had a, what was it? A niggle. He had a niggle in his calf. Right. <laughs> and he, he dropped out. Um, is Bekele like injured though? That, that, that might be the, that might be, you know, kind of last thing to kind of question here is like, is he too injured to race? Is might he be officially like done from the marathon? Yeah. So I, I have a different take than you guys. 
I am okay. All right, let's hear I'm it. I'm getting, excited. I'm excited. Too. I'm we getting, agree too often in this shit. Let's yeah, hear it. I'm getting sick of Bikele's shit here. The whole <laughs> London <laughs> Marathon fiasco pissed me off. And this, listen, I get it if you have an issue with the way that they do it. But like, I look at the U.S. Marathon trials, and what we love so much about it is like this field shows up, and it's not necessarily sending the top three American marathoners. It's sending the three who show up at the trials and make the damn team. But Kayla, such a, like, uh, to me, this is such a arrogant move to just, and I get it. I get how good he is, but if you, if you're that good, then it shouldn't be that hard for you to show up and make the team. And I think that's what the issue is, is maybe, it's not that easy for Bekele anymore to just show up and make whatever team he wants. And listen, we're talking Ethiopia here. It's never a walk in the park. It's never an easy day trying to make that team. So Kanisi Bekele should have to make that team. And I think that there's a part of him that is scared that if he shows up on that race, that he doesn't make the team and he loses so this is an easy cop-out to say, oh, yeah, no, we're, we're running it too, too close to the Olympics, and I can just use my clout and my fame and, you know, the, the influence that I have to just make the team. Anyways, chicken shit, dude. That, that's such I'm, – I'm, I am pretty much out on Kinesi Bikele after that. To think that you just can't show up to the trials, I mean, that's how your country does it. You want to run for your country. Your country decides when they do the race. They decide how the teams are picked. So show up, race these guys, and make the team. Galen Rupp just can't decide he's going to be on the Olympic marathon team. He's got to show up, and he's got to race these guys. I think it's a garbage move. I think Bekele's scared. He might be injured, Steve. I don't know. But this is two races in a row that he just has decided, you know, the, the whole running world works on his terms, and he can do whatever the hell he wants. No, I'm sick of it. Kipchoge wouldn't pull this crap. You bring up a good point. I forgot how angry I was right. going into the London Marathon because we had like all events taken away from us, and we were like, okay, we're going to have a Kipchoge Bekele showdown. Like, this is awesome. And then he pulled out uh, the day before. So you're right. You're right. I, I, get, what you, I, I get what you're saying. But has my, my one thing, my one response, though, has he earned the right to do this? Has he earned the right to to, like, you know, kind of fuck around like this and, and like, and essentially, you know, what he says goes. Absolutely. This isn't, this isn't like a run-of-the-mill marathon. This is the freaking Olympics. Who has just earned the right to go to the Olympics, Steve? We're, 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 no, we're watering the Olympics down if we say that there's people who just, like, can show up to the Olympics whenever they want. No, he's not people. The Olympics, he's not the Olympics are, No, the Olympics are the are for have to be we have to hold a higher standard for the olympics because people like us all believe that the olympics are this unattainable unbelievable only the best of the best get to go there so no i don't care how good you are nobody just gets a free pass to the olympics you have to earn that shit get out of here he did earn it he's earned it through a a lifetime he's earned it in the past a world class no. you compare it to Galen Rupp it's not even like on the the same ball game there Galen has has just you know sniffs um sneak Benici, can't even speak right now as I'm trying to think of the analogy I won't even say it he just isn't even on levels but Kayleigh when you're that much of a legend and you're Bekele 
things operate a little bit differently. Do you as a fan of the sport want Bekele in the Olympics? Of course I do. And now you, you're brought up some good points. We're disappointed he didn't run in London. And maybe there is something here where maybe he's been battling injuries or maybe he has been struggling to get himself back into good shape. And that's actually, I think, a pretty good little storyline that we might have um, just kind of pieced together here. But I want to see Bekele in the Olympics, right? Like, I think we all want to see him in the Olympics. To see I do if he too. That's why I'm pissed about this. Don't be. He'll be there. They're going to put him there. There's no way you can't send him there. But there the was Olymp- two other the spots Olympics that the other runners could earn. It's not a lifetime achievement award here that we're giving out. It's the damn Olympics. Think, think about this, this whatever. This probably like 17-year-old kid who finished third. He earned his way to the Olympics. He, he it should be going to the Olympics. And in Ethiopia, that's a big freaking deal. That might change his whole freaking life. It might change his whole village's life his whole family's life and it's going to get taken away because Kinesi Bekele just feels like he can do whatever the hell he wants Trent if, if he saw Bekele wasn't on that that starting line then he knows he has to come in second to go to the Olympics that day I think it was probably understood by the runners that Bekele whether it's it's fair or not I bet they went into it realizing you got to get a top two spot because you got to save a spot for Bekele you're not gonna sell me on this trend. Mike You're Mike doesn't want the superstars to run. He just wants I to see I do. Guys That's why I'm passionate them. about it. That's why I care. It's because I want to see Bekele Kipchoge matchup. But it doesn't matter. Honestly, Bekele could show up and Kipchoge is gonna wipe the floor with him anyways. It doesn't even matter. Galen Rupp's probably gonna wipe the floor with him too, for <laughs> all I know. All right, gentlemen. That's all I got for the running news. All right, so we're going to do something a little different, something that we haven't done before on the podcast. We're going to go to some voicemails. So we threw it out just on our Instagram, Twitter last night saying, hey, you got, you got anything to say to us? If you, got, you, know, if you want to talk some 4 by 4 by 48 you want to talk some DK Metcalf, whatever you want to talk about, call in. So we have no idea what we're going to get. Mike, let's, let's go to the voicemails. All right, let's pull them up here. Let's see what we got. How's it going, boys? Uh, just uh, calling to let you all know, because I'm sure Trent doesn't check the DMs. Uh, <clears throat> recently came uh, revisiting the uh, Steve's take on the world heavyweight mild champion. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw Ryan Hall's Instagram post today, uh, but he's training for a sub five, definitely solidifying that he would be the world heavyweight champion and that Steve would not. So. Just uh, rekindling that fire for you, boys. All right. Colin, 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 Colin. So I, I feel like for whatever reason, Colin's not a fan of me. So, I, you know, and, and I'm a big fan of Colin. He's one of the, he's one of the diehard P2E guys. He's one of like, you know, he, he, he's, one, he's like the original two crew member. So I'm a huge fan of Colin. But – Colin never misses an opportunity to throw shade at me. And so I thought when I first heard his voice, I thought he was going to be talking about our, our text mess or our Instagram DM exchange that we had last week. And as usual, he, he, he was throwing shade at me saying, I have no shot at the heavyweight champion of the world. And I said, Colin, tell me what I need to run. I just got off the scale. I'm weighing 193 pounds. So I'm pretty close to that 200 mark, right? I will go out at some point next week, run a mile. 
I said, you tell me the time. Tell me the time that you need that just for you to put some respect on my name, right? And so he said, he said five minutes. So I said, okay. So tomorrow, I'm literally going out tomorrow, and I'm running an all-out mile. First time I've done it in a very long time, and I'm going to run a sub five just to earn Colin's respect. And I thought he was going to bring that up. Instead, he just takes another opportunity to throw shade at me. Colin, my guy, what are you doing to me? Okay, let, let's squash this beat. Put some respect on my name. I'm going to go out. I'm going to run that sub five-minute mile, but I need you to believe in me because the whole world doesn't. I need, I need the two crew believing in me. I love it. I love it so much, Colin. Thank you for rekindling this. I don't know if this is the start of the, the shade throwing the rip, but there's definitely at the, uh, the big peak too early summit that we had, there was controversy over a dart game <laughs> that I know escalated quickly. So that may be the reason why Colin is taking opportunities to, to uh, throw some shade at Steve. But it's a good point, Colin. We haven't brought this up in a while. Um, uh, Steve's chances here at taking the heavyweight and the fact that this voicemail is inspiring Steve to actually get on a track and <laughs> clock himself for a mile I would say uh success you definitely you're under his skin but I'd also say you have to give him some respect if he does hit you know number or close to the number that you threw out there yeah so I was gonna say I you know I had some takes on this I was gonna get into the argument a little bit but I, I don't think there's any need to I think Steve Steve decided he's going to go run a mile now, if you go and break five tomorrow, I'm still not willing to declare you the heavyweight champion. I don't need of the world, to be, but I, just, but I just need to be seen as a contender. I just need sure. my guys to be to be backing me, not not a not a washed up marathon. That's all I'm saying. Sure, and that, and that's fair. I, as as long as we're clear on that, I think uh, it's a good one. So let's get on to the next one here. What's up, guys? It's Brian from Buffalo. Seeing the uh, voicemail announcement. Got me thinking about a few of you guys' favorite things, obviously running, betting, and working at all into drinking. And so I was uh, chatting with a friend and thinking about an old game idea that we came up with and never did. Pretty much we were sitting around uh, talking about the Tour de France and how it's a terrible idea. And he thought, well, if it was beer, I might be better off. So we were chatting and we came up with something that I think you guys would like that we called the Boston Beerathon. And the Boston Beerathon is simple like this. You pair up with somebody else. You're working in teams of two guys. And every team before the Boston Marathon or any other major marathon that's about to be broadcast picks a runner. <clears throat> now, obviously, you want the runner that finishes first. But the caveat here is that your team needs to finish a beer before he finishes each mile or she finishes each mile. So mile <laughs> one comes, you've got to have one beer done. Go all the way. If your runner finishes a mile before you finish the beer required for that mile, you're DQ. You're out. So maybe you choose a slower runner. Get them in there a little bit because you need, you need time, some time to drink. You could win on that. I just felt like you guys needed to know about that dumb drinking idea we had. Anyways, <laughs> keep up the good podcasting. I love this idea. Not a dumb idea at all. Not a I love dumb this. idea whatsoever. This is and genius. I love I love the strategy part he's talking about there because it sounds like if you like pick the fastest time and are able to keep up with the drinking, then you win. But I think you might be banking on maybe the other people can't keep up with the drinking, so you might pick a slower runner just so you can you know finish the race. I don't know, but playing it out how like the runner you pick based on the, the time you need to drink the beer. I, I think it's brilliant. I think there's a lot of great strategy, a lot of good mental game going into it. I, I love it. And this is another thing. 
that could give people a reason to watch the marathon. I wouldn't expect any other call from Buffalo Brian. This is like <laughs> perfect Buffalo Brian. What a call. Um, I think, yeah, I, I, I don't know. That, that sounds like a pretty rough marathon Tuesday, but I love the idea. I love where your head's at. Yeah, can't, I, can't do it for Boston because I want to be able to like focus on it and actually enjoy it. But one of the other major marathons that maybe I'm not as invested in, and it has to have good coverage, too. You got to be able to see when your person crosses each mile marker. That's very important in this. But I think we should consider it. I guarantee you I will do a beer-a-thon. I guarantee, I'll guarantee it right now. Trent, I feel like I could talk you into it pretty easily. Steve, oh, yeah. you look like you're in I'm half about, in, I'm half about. out. I'm about I'm about three to five years past wanting to do this, but I could be talked into it. All right, well, at, the very find least, a good at the very least, you could commentate it, or you know, we'll, we'll get you you'll get you in it somehow. But I, I guarantee you, I'm doing this, Brian. I, it's happening. I can think of another gender that might be able to hold your team up. <laughs> you know, let's say he <laughs> takes 15 point. of the 26, and you that's have true 11, something they, like that. Like they, it doesn't have to be split. You don't have to alternate. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I like it. All right, I'm doing it. All right, we'll move on to the next one here. This one just appears to be a blank message. That's wild. All right. Somebody's prank calling one. us over here. Yeah, we got prank called. All right, let's see here. All right, boys. All right, so. Oh, what is it? This weekend, the DK Metcalf race? I don't see I, – I just don't see him breaking 10. I don't even see – I think 10-5 would be like a win for him. I, I don't know. I just don't see him reacting to the gun. Uh, yeah, that's about it. If he breaks 10, I'm going to eat my shoes. So uh, or th- I'll just take a bite. We're not going to eat the whole thing. i got to keep running with him. So. But, um, but uh, besides that, um, I think Steve's going to win the fastest out of the three Let's you guys, go. you three bums. Steve's going to win because he's got – like Mike said, he just competes better. And, um, yeah, so I can win the World Series. That's about it. Boss ran out. No, I'm not, I'm not sure when I said that. That doesn't sound like something I the, would say. The, the range of, of emotions I'm going through these voicemails. Joe, my guy, let's go. I can't – I mean, I think there's a good chance you're going to be taking a bite of your shoe. I think he's going to break 10-5. But, no, I think, he said, um, I think he says break 10. Okay. He's, he's, right. He said break 10, so – but uh, in, in the crazy thing is Joe will probably do it. Um, but, yeah, my guy, betting on me. Let's go, Joe. I love, I love how serious he was about his shoe-eating comment because he said he'd eat a shoe, and then he, like, very seriously retracted. He's like, well, listen, I gotta, I'll take a bite because I'm going to need to run in those shoes, so I can't eat them. That's the only reason why I can't eat my shoes is because I need to run in them later. It's a... <laughs> Bossman has Boss serious man. takes, you know. Yeah. He's also talking about like breaking down DK out of the out of the blocks. How fast will he be able to take those first ten steps? I mean, that that's what's on Joe Rand's mind here. And then, uh, then he's got Red Sox winning the World Series. So, does the best call of the day. All right, let's see. Got a couple more here. Some guys, it's Chief from Bell Lab. Wanted to call into the voicemail line, maybe a little role play, a little PTI game. Uh, again, love PTI, so had to leave you one. So here we go, role play. Pretend you're being this person and respond to how this person um, 
kind of feels, not necessarily would respond to the media, but actually feels that deep down in their heart. So Trent, you are Ollie Hoare. You've had a dominant win in your last race, really taking it to the Americans. But no one's really talking about you for an Olympic medal. What do you have to say to them? Steve, you're Bryce Popple. Tell us if Donovan should be concerned. All right, yeah. Run that back a bit, Trent. Listen, lights. I don't need I don't need the American media paying attention to me. I've been running anything, any distance you throw at me lately. I've been just dominating. Me, me and the squad here. Uh, me, me and the squad here have just been on fire. I got my boy Joe Klecker and I. You know, maybe different countries, but we've been working out and we feel great. And come time's a big stage. I'll be having a I'll be having a victory lap around the around the outback here. So I'm ready for y'all. Not How was oh, that? Well done, horrible. Well done. Not horrible. <laughs> okay. All right. Next one. Hopple. Tell us if Don- uh, I'm gonna run that back for you. Steve, you're Bryce Hopple. Tell us if Donovan should be concerned with you and why. And my- Ooh. That's a good one. If I'm Bryce Hopple, okay. Here's the play. So I've said it. I've, we've been saying it since the. I've been saying it since the beginning of this podcast. Since we had Bryce Hopple on on episode 17, where I think at episode 112 right now. The thing we've always said about Bryce Hopple and drawing another connection between uh, uh, football and the sport track and field. Bryce Hopple has got a nose for the finish line. The guy just knows how to win. And if it's close, if it's coming down the home stretch, and if it's Bryce Hopple, somebody else, if there's a pack there, Bryce Hopple just finds a way to win. And as that gap starts to close between Hopple and Brazier, and Hopple's a little bit younger than Brazier, right? I mean, so so Brazier's just getting older. Hopple's getting more experience. There's a very real chance we could see that gap closing and if that gap's closing, like we've said from the beginning of this podcast, Hopple just finds a way to win. Love it. Ike, you are Charlotte Purdue. Tell us how you really feel about British athletics leaving you off the British Marathon Olympic team, even though you had the second fastest marathon time and they chose the fourth fastest marathoner. With that, peace, boys. Um, I'm going to do a little, <laughs> little bit of research real quick. I mean, uh, hold on. I, I got this. <laughs> I mean, we kind of have some parallels here between the Bekele story and the, the Charlotte Purdue. Will UK make the same decision Ethiopia did? Mike's Mike's reading up on Charlotte Purdue right now. Doing his quick research. All right. <clears throat> so I'm not going to do an accent. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint. We all don't have that talent like, like Trent does. But listen, my name's Charlotte, and I got screwed. This is absolute garbage. Listen, I like, I like Steffi Twell. We're partners. You know, we're, we're running, but 
we all know as well as I do, as, as well as I do that I've been kicking her ass for a whole year now, crushing her times left and right. I'm, I'm banging out 80, 90 miles a week. And UK is leaving me out of here. This is garbage. I'm going to move to probably like Ethiopia and run in those cool marathon trials, but they'll probably snub me too. So I got to find a good place to go. Who wants me? I'll, I'll, I'll come to whatever country you want. I'm the girl. I'm the girl you need right now because I'm, I'm out here dominating. I'm running faster times than everybody. So I'm a free agent and I'm moving wherever you need. That's what she's saying, Chief. She's a free agent. That's all I got. People wanted a British accent, Mike. Yeah, well, they didn't get well, one. Well done. Well done, boys. All right, we got one last call here. Holy crap, two minutes long. Here we go. Boys, hello. It's your boy, CJ, calling in here. And I just want to talk about talk about one thing here. In the running world, a lot of things are going on right now with football and everything there. So DK Metcalf thinks he can make the Olympic trials. He's going to run. I don't think DK is going to break freaking 12. In that hundred, so I'm not even going to waste my time watching that. That's not even what I'm close to calling in today about, gentlemen. The New England Patriots are back. Mac Jones was someone that all NFL analysts were talking about for months, for weeks, leading up to the draft, day before the draft. Every single analyst in the country going over NFL there was saying that the Patriots were going to trade up, they were going to trade up to three, they were going to trade up to seven, and they were going to draft Mac Jones at that number. <laughs> and you know what Bill Belichick did? You know what he did, right? He didn't do anything. He stayed at 15. He stayed there while everyone speculated. And he drafted the quarterback in the future. At... 14, 7, whatever draft you want to look at. He drafted that much, much, much later. So all I'm going to say is, boys, you guys obviously are going to discuss this earlier in the podcast, but Patriots are back. Super Bowl back on. Another dynasty back on. They're going to win three again quickly, and they might go off for a little bit there, and then they're going to win three again, just like they did with Brady. Mac Jones is my quarterback. Mac Jones is my QB1. That's why I want throwing my balls. That's what I want, handing off my balls to my running backs. And that's what I want, hosting the Lombardi Trophy every February for the next 20 frickin' years. Go Pats, go P2E, DK Metcalf, you're not breaking 12 in the 100. See ya. All right. So, obviously, a lot to break down there. We probably should have done the whole podcast on that. I mean, Chris stole my... uh, my down the home stretch or bell app, whoever messed that up last week now has incepted my brain and I can't figure that out. Steve, we were on a run the other day and I was telling you, listen, everyone is so upset about the fact that the Patriots didn't trade up to get Justin Fields. All I know about Justin Fields is two years ago, he had a chance to go to the championship game, 45 seconds left. He's on the opponent's 25 down by five, they score, they're going to the championship. And what does he do? He throws a terrible pass right into the defender's arms. Interception, game over. He's a loser. What does Mac Jones do? 
He raises trophies. He's a winner. He's a champion. That's all you need to know. Got to apologize to CJ for waiting this long to talk about it on the podcast. I mean, he was expecting to hear a full <laughs> 25 minute breakdown. It sounds like when we did the running news, we could have done the, the Patriots draft news. So sorry, CJ, but uh, everything you said is right in the money there, except for DK not breaking 12. I think he'll go under 12. I think he'll go under 12. Mac Jones, future of the New England Patriots. He will hoist a Lombardi trophy in a Patriot uniform. But I will say this. This year, this coming season, Cam Newton still got to the keys to the car. He's my QB1 heading into this next season. And as long as his shoulders holds up, as long as he stays healthy, I believe Cam Newton is going to take us on a nice little playoff run, maybe even a Super Bowl run. So, yes, I agree. Mac Jones, very happy as a Patriot. He will, he, will, he will bring us to the promised land someday. This is still Cam Newton's team. Oh boy, Trent! I thought I was a dreamer. I thought <laughs> Listen, I was an optimistic one. I'm all for letting your rookie quarterback learn a little bit before throwing him to the fire. But give me Stidham as my QB one over Newton. <laughs> my God. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Bell lap. We good with the bell lap? Yeah, I think I think we've gone long enough. All right, maybe we save that segment for next time. All right. Let's kick off the bell lap. Mike. But you got people on the bell. All right, I'm gonna beat you suckers to it. It's Mother's Day weekend. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. All you people listening, make sure you get flowers or present for your mom. Ma, I know you're listening. The best mom in the world. Happy Mother's Day. Shout out to you. Trent, what do you got people on the bell app? God, all the good bell apps is definitely going to talk Patriots, Mac Jones, uh, and we already hit that. I uh, was definitely going to say Happy Mother's <laughs> Day to my mother out there, and then Mike took that, but I guess I can echo that one as well. Um, I'll just say, guys, I, I was randomly scrolling on TikTok the other day. Mrs. Space Cadet kind of has me on it now. People are giving us a lot of feedback on how much they like that one, so... I mean, don't expect anything out of me. I'm not going to be pumping out TikToks anytime soon, but I'm, uh, I'm coming around. I'm coming around ever so slowly for now, and then I'll change it in a couple of weeks from now, but it's been a big breakthrough for me. Me, I got, I got nothing to add to the, to the conversation. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Um, if you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes, what the hell are you doing? Help us out. Help us grow the podcast. Go give us a five-star review. Write something nice about us. Put a tattoo idea in there for when we get to 300 reviews, we'll go get a peak too early tattoo. Um, that, boys, it wouldn't run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. <laughs>